RadioInfluence.com. Welcome to Live Bold and Boss Up. This week, we have a well-networked business professional on the podcast today. He is creator of Elevate Company, and we are really going to pick his brain on just how to network efficiently, how to get your name out there. He really doesn't need much of an introduction. Welcome to the podcast, Akash Patel. Well, I think the first question that we wanted to kick off with was, you know, your thoughts on, you know, how you created Elevate or why, right? Like, it's such an awesome company and, you know, I see you everywhere at all the different events and I've always been curious to know. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me on your your show. It's it's really exciting to to be in a podcast studio and to see you guys in action. Um, I moved to Tampa after Florida State in 2006, and my friends were involved in the community, but they weren't really involved. They just kind of joined an organization, and they would go once a year or twice a year. For me, you know, I'm single, I'm young, and I had a lot of time. I went to, like, everything. And then my family, my dad at one point was a part of a hotel uh, we sold it since then, but it was the Weston Hotel in Rocky Point. And we opened a brand new hotel during the worst time to open a hotel because the recession had just hit in 2009. And we had a Super Bowl, if you remember the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It was the Steelers versus Cardinals. We had all these fans. We opened January 22nd, 2009. Wow. And the Super Bowl was February 1st of 2009. So we had all these fans, <laughs> and then they all went away. And so right around that time, I went to work for my family, and I realized that I like going to talk to people. I like going to these events. And so to answer your question, um, Ashley, it, it's really just – Asking a lot of mentors what where to what I can do to, to help my passion. My passion was connecting people. So I would go to an event and say, hey, why don't you know so-and-so? Or why didn't you invite so-and-so? Or did you make sure this person knew about that, that the next thing you're doing? And I would just email and introduce people all the time, right? Because you had time to do so. And obviously, my interest at that time was promoting our hotel to get people to physically use our Starbucks, use our restaurant. And um, then finally, I was on a flight uh, in 2011 coming back from Israel, because I had went to Israel, Mayor Bakran just got elected, and I was talking to the mayor on that trip to, in Israel about what things were, you know, he was passionate about. And this is right when he got elected, so he was passionate about young people, was entrepreneurs, millennials, and then relocating companies. And then I was like, well, if people are relocating here, when you guys moved to a new city or when you guys came back from college, the biggest thing that most people have is fitting in. So how can I use my passion was connecting people to help them fit in, and so on the back of my flight from Tel Aviv, I kind of Googled how to write a business plan, and I showed it to a bunch of mentors when I got back and launched it February 1, 2012. Nice. I bet in high school and in college, you were just a social butterfly. High school. Did you know every single person? High school, I was involved in student government a lot. I was student body vice president. Um, but in college, I was on the debate team. I was more of like on the nerdy side. I was in student senate. But, you know, we went to Florida State, and it was, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great turn, time to learn about politics and learn about the, uh, the, the university. And so I did get involved a little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's funny that you said that. I was trying to think, picture you in, like, high school and college and, like, totally, like, I can just see you, like, like running into you whenever we're out and, like, you just knowing everybody and just, like, get along with everybody. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I wasn't in a fraternity or sorority, but I was involved in student government, so I feel like I knew all the, the, the right leaders in, right, right. in college. So I kind of had a little bit of a, a social interaction with them. It was fun. So it's really thoughtful of you, though, to 
to go to events, right, and to say, oh, hey, how about this person? Did yeah. you share this information with with XYZ person? I think that's really thoughtful and considerate of you. Um, does that just come naturally to you? How did that, do you think there's something in your past that kind of built that um, in you? At one point, I wanted to be a reporter. So I was in the high school, you know, the school newspaper in high school and in college. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I just like to ask a lot of questions whether you do that at the event or afterwards. And for me, I also think the social media aspect of it, you know, Facebook came about when we were in college, right? I mean, you remember going to log in and you had to have your EDU address? Oh, yeah. You had to be in college to get into Facebook when it opened, yeah. right? Yeah. You had to for, be- Florida State was one of the first 12 universities. So I remember it starting like afterwards, like Ivy League first in FSU mm-hmm. and then uploading pictures. I remember taking a digital camera, taking a photo and then uploading them. So I think that also helped to answer your question. And um and then I also thought about in Tampa, like, it's tough if you don't know the right people. It's really tough to get involved. But everyone, once you meet them, they want to help you. Mm-hmm. And so people were like that to me. So that's why I was like, well, I got to get back. They, they got me engaged in this community. Now I don't want to leave. Right. So, and then I meet people that have trouble. Well, I don't know if this is the right place for me. I can't fit in. Or we got to find a spot for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what other cities. I mean, there's a lot of cities in America that I'm sure have a, a good young professional crowd. But I don't know how open they are as, as Tampa. Right, yeah, I feel like Tampa is um, up and coming itself, right? It's it's kind of a young millennial, like we're, we're growing. And um, well, I feel like, yeah, everybody wants to succeed and grow and help each other. So do you hire people at Elevate that are like, like you that kind of do the same job at you? Or do you pretty much run and like make all the introductions yourself? Great question. I mean, I have people that have been around with us a long time on the team that know the system now. Once you do one company, you can just they can they can think themselves, and and so I've got a good team. But then I also have a good team of writers because when you're writing content, you have to be you know grammar's got to be correct. You've got to know how to optimize, and I have a, and I also have a really good people that know time management because you know when you're running around all over town, you've got to get things done on a deadline, right. and so they got to keep you in check. So I have accountability team members. And we have three account executives. We have my assistant who's been with me for six years. And then we have two, uh, two uh, we call them public relations and communications assistants or their interns through the college system. Mm-hmm. Nice. Do you ever see taking Elevate to other cities, kind of that concept and creating another one for that city with other um, networking professionals that will make introductions and do So that? we've talked to someone in Orlando who's a CPA and a lawyer who like basically does this already in his practice. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I think for us is we haven't dominated this market yet. And so I don't want to go to another city yet and then turn a, a basically a, like, you know, a satellite office or whatever. But I do have clients from Austin, Seattle, Toronto, and even Dallas right now. They come to Tampa or even one in Pittsburgh, they come to Tampa and then we either take them to like Tallahassee or St. Pete or or so we really cover Hillsborough, Pinellas, and then North like Tallahassee. So yeah, yeah, I I definitely would. If it was me, right, I would probably go to Texas, like <laughs> Austin. Dallas. Yeah. What What advice would you give someone coming right out of college to um, really get out there, get involved in the community, um, you know, find a job? Like, what advice would you give someone right out of college? I would say go on LinkedIn and look at the people that are in on the boards of like the Chamber of Commerce or maybe the university or major organizations in this town. You know, you guys are really connected in different organizations. Reach out to them on LinkedIn and ask them to have coffee or or if you can do a virtual coffee now. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid if they say no. I mean, the, the worst you can do 
is asking. They say no. They say no. But when I started my company, I didn't know if my business plan was going to fly. So I called 50 different people and I had individual coffees. It was a lot of coffees and just asked them for advice. And, the, you know, people like to hear themselves talk. So they weren't – they wouldn't – they would give you 15 minutes or 30 minutes, but that's the guidance that I needed. And I think back to being Tampa, a young city and an open city, people want to help young people here. Mm-hmm. So LinkedIn first, and then are there any organizations that you recommend them getting involved with first? I'm on, you know, I'm I'm biased a little bit because I'm on the I'm about to be on the board of the Tampa Bay Chamber mm-hmm. uh, again, and I'm the Emerging Leader of the Year Award in 2017. So Emerging Leaders is a great organization for young professionals. It started for that reason: is how do you connect that 22 to 35 year old gap? And I just aged out, so I'm not in anymore. But, <laughs> but I think that's that's one great organization. Then there's an if you want to get into leadership programs, Tampa Connection is a great starter. You, you we were Tampa both Connection? in Tampa Connection. Yeah, you went yeah. to Tampa Connection, right? <laughs> so we're all alumni. That was the first thing I did in 2010. And then of course, you know, Leaders of Tampa, Leaders of Tampa Bay, those kind of organizations. But when you just move here, Tampa Connection, Emerging Leaders are a must. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so for those that don't know what those are, right? What what is Tampa Connection? What is um, Leadership Tampa, expound on that a little bit because not everybody knows about them. Yeah, so Leadership Tampa is run by the Chamber of Commerce and Tampa Connections Independent. But the premise of it is, you know, you're you're going to be a leader in this community. You should know like-minded individuals. So what teams were you guys on? The green team. And so you had, and yeah, you, both you, of both us. Yeah, <laughs> and so you had, a, you had a nonprofit associated with you. Right. So they, so they, so it's a year-long program. It starts generally when there's no pandemic in September mm-hmm. and it goes through June, let's say. And they split you up. So they split you up into teams, and then your team is assigned a not-for-profit. This is Tampa Connection, by the way. And you get to work with these 10, 12 people on your team. You get to know them socially, professionally, and then you become good friends. And, of course, there's an alumni network. And then that alumni network, every year you just go to all these events and recruit. And so we put several team members through Tampa Connection. And I'm on on the board and um, secretary of leadership Tampa Bay. So we have our kickoff uh, coming up here for our next class, which was delayed because of the pandemic. Right, Right. yeah. So you can – can you be involved in multiple organizations like that at a a time or is it just like one at a time? You could. I wouldn't recommend it because you want to focus on the the group. And it's also time off work. So that's – remind people at home, you've got a budget for it time-wise and financially. Right. And I, I love how, and I can speak for Tampa Connection because we've done it, but I love how they take you to the Port of Tampa and they take you to the sporting events and they take you all over Tampa Bay to show you the real key elements of Tampa and what we're all about. It's like a behind-the-scenes look yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. with the decision-makers around the city. Right. right. And I was born and raised here. Were you born and raised here? No, I came here for high school. Okay. Um, and I thought I knew everything about Tampa Bay because, you know, just being raised being raised here, you, you feel like you know everything. And then I learned so much and just going behind the scenes at the airport and all the different, um, you know, charity organizations that you learn about. I learned so much that I'm like, wow, like I really didn't know anything. So it was good to to get that piece of it too, learning more about your community and being more involved. Mm-hmm. Plus your class members that you stay in touch with well, since then – one of my classmates has now become a judge, and I got to help her through the process. Another classmate's managing partner of his law firm. So, like, you all rise together, right. which is really cool. Yeah, I totally agree. What would you say is, like, the, the number one community involvement um, organization or just nonprofit that, that you've been involved with so far or currently? So currently and for the last six years, I'm chairman of the Early Learning Coalition of Hillsborough County. So if you have children, the, the v, the v, they call volunteer pre-car, uh, pre-kindergarten or VPK or school readiness. And so I've overseen that 
board for the last six years, and since we've uh, since I've been chair, we've increased our revenue by uh, let's say almost close to double, mm-hmm. and we've increased our employee size to about double. So we're about 110 million, or sorry, 110 employees and about 100 million in revenue. And why I say it matters, mm-hmm. and it's a societal issue, right? It's not a political issue, whether you like the political side of education or not. Children need to learn how to read. Mm-hmm. And early learning provides the resources. So I think about any daycare or any Montessori school, the Early Learning Coalition administers those those centers. And so we allow f- and we reimburse the VPK, the school readiness. And so for me, it's just been talking about early learning. And especially it's pretty funny because I told the governor this. This is now – he's now a senator, a former governor, Rick Scott. I said, I'm single and I have no kids and you want me to uh, oversee this education <laughs> board. And he said, it's a business. you got to treat education like a business. And as long as you, you know, stay in the lane of what you're good at, which is messaging and connecting. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been able to do is raise awareness, rebrand, and get resources from the private sector. Right. Well, I've, I felt it on my side as a user, right, because I had one of my children go through the VPK program uh, through one of the daycare centers. And it was amazing. I mean, she learned so much. It was, it was amazing to see how much she learned just in that one year through the VPK that's so, so good to hear. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. really great. And you're one of the parents that, you know, you've you probably thought about which center to send your child to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people in this county that, that, that haven't had that experience. And so with the more resources we get from the legislature, we're able to go throughout the county because, I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's free. Mm-hmm. So you just have to have – so we're, so one of the biggest issues is there was a wait list. And one of the things we were able to do last year was eliminate that wait list. So now every child has that opportunity. That's great. And so that's what I – and every year when I go to Tallahassee to talk to legislators, I'm like – you know, I know you have to make budget cuts, especially this year they have to budget cut, but you can't can't really cut education. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Do you see yourself running for office one day? I ran once in 2018 and lost oh, uh, for county commission, ran countywide, raised about a million dollars on the campaign wow. trail, um, went door to door. We knocked on 12,000 doors. I had 78 fundraisers. I had a, a great team. Um, I did it because I felt that a younger voice needed to be on our county commission. So if you don't know our county commission in Hillsborough, they oversee about a $7 billion budget of your tax dollars. Wow. And majority of the folks that were on there were not in our age demographic. So I figured, okay, I'm fortunate enough to have the resources, um, but I lost pretty badly. So to answer your question, I don't know if I'll run again, but I will be involved in the process because I think we do need to get behind newer generation leaders. That's just mm-hmm. a fundamental thing. Yeah. Well, 100%. you know what? I, I'd say even if you lost bad, you know, or by two, I think it's still a good experience. I always tell, like, my kids and I try to re- remind myself that failing is good. Right. right? You learn from it. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Steve Jobs got, you know, fired from the job, he, from the company <laughs> he created, right? He failed and he did better next time. Right. <laughs> so what's next for you? What's next, either business-wise, personal, like, what do you see in the next five years? Where do you want to be? Yeah, great question. So I've been renting for 14 years since I moved here in 06. I just bought a house. Oh, I close, uh, thanks. I close in a couple weeks. So I think just just being a homeowner for the first time, and and then business wise, I'm at 22 customers, and I've always wanted to get to about 30. Just before the pandemic hit, we were at 27. So you know, it's just so close, but not there. And I think I want to get back to that limit. And uh, and then you know, what's you got to look at the bright side of everything that's going on. And the pandemic has really, for us, able able allowed us to streamline our business efficiently with remote work. Right. Yeah. And so I want to hire more people, and they don't really have to be local. Right. Because that's the benefit of of just this this pandemic. It's allowed people to be efficient, not in at events. Mm-hmm. So I want to get to maybe five more hires by the end of twenty twenty one. 
and I'll need your help. <laughs> <laughs> we can help with that. That's for sure. What about uh, what about companies that are interested in you know and needing your help? Right, like how do they go about getting that help? What's what's kind of the best type of client for you that you're looking for that you are are able to help? Yeah, thanks for asking. Great question. Generally, our typical customer is an entrepreneur that can't afford either a marketing director or business development director. They just they don't have a budget for both, so then they need us to supplement one or the other. And then on a relocated corporation side of a company that just moves here, they might have a business development director. They might even have a marketing department, but they don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. So then we get hired to kind of handhold them, if you will, for a six-month period, and we're like a band-aid, and then they can go do their own thing once they know the community or the CEO knows the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Elevate-INC is our website, but I always believe in two things, helping our city. So if you go to helpingourcity.com, that also leads to our website. And then I also talk about Tampa, and we, we trademark the phrase Tampa has swagger. And so Tampa has swagger is also our website. And we have all those social media handles. So <laughs> yeah. people that Google just helping Tampa or helping our city or Tampa, they find us. Right. And generally the conversation is, you know, who do you want to know? Because we have to figure out if we can – if you hire us, we have to deliver. Otherwise, you can't be in this business. Right. And so if it's someone like that's so high profile that it's, you know, it's out of our league, we're like, hey, thanks, but we're not – we don't have a direct line to the governor, right? We, there are lobbying firms that do call this lobbyist. And we'll make that introduction and we won't – you know, we don't take any cut or anything. We just make the introduction. Right. But we have to be – for us, it's all about using time efficiently. And we don't want someone to hire us if they're not ready to use us. Mm-hmm. Um, is it primarily businesses that you have as clients or can an individual who moves to the city and wants to be more connected or have introductions to people, can they reach out to you and work with you individually? They can, yeah. And, and it really just depends on time because we'll commit to 60, introduc- 60 introductions a month. Um, so they've got to make sure wow. they can have the time. Wow, that individuals is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Holy cow. <laughs> That's, <awesome. laughs> That's 15 a week. <laughs> I know. And do you typically, like, what does your day look like? Because I can imagine that you are super busy going to networking events constantly. And, it's, I mean, right now on COVID, it's probably changed. But, like, what does your typical week look like? Are you going to how many events a week? Like, give, give us an idea of your life at, at work. So we normally do three events a week in the evenings, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday generally. And if I can't go, we have someone cover on our team. Um, there's always a ribbon cutting or two mixed in. Last week, there was one for Fifth Third Bank over on Gandhi and Himes. Today, we did our check presentation for Feeding Tampa Bay. So there's always a community aspect during the week of what we do. Sometimes, like last week, the mayor was there, so our client got to meet the mayor, and then the client was happy. Um, this week, it was just me and the CEO of Feeding Tampa Bay and some of our Indian Chamber community leaders that raised the money. Um, but generally, the best part about my job is every day is different. And I get to make sure that no matter what we're doing, we get to push it out on social media mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people that do really cool things and they can't talk about it. Normally, if, if I'm not tweeting or I'm, our team isn't tweeting every day that we're not, or putting on social media, then we're not actively talking to our customers. Right. So we will, if we're of a slow, on, slow Monday, then we'll go to do a Facebook Live with the client's office. And the client's just like loves that because they don't know how to organize it. They don't know. They don't have the following and they don't even know what to talk about. So we give them that script. And so we try to make sure that every client gets five hours a week with us. Mm-hmm. What do you go ahead. Um, What do you do when you have a client who's maybe a little bit more introverted, or you know they're not not as outgoing, and it's really hard for them to, you know, get introduced and, and keep those lines of communication open once you do introduce them to these people. So a lot of a lot of role play and follow up and practice, oh, right? So okay. we we go over all right. What's your pitch? How do you like to be introduced? You know, what if I say? Who's a good customer for you? Do you know the answer, right? So we go over that with them in a strategy meeting. 
so they know and our, our team members know. This way, when our team members are out at events and they're not there, we can also make those introductions. Mm -hmm. And then the second part is once they go to the event, when they meet somebody, they have to BCC us on their follow-up response. And they have to do it within 24 hours. Because if they don't, we say, well, people have short-term memory loss. They're not going to remember you. Mm -hmm. And then we have a strategy session every month and go over, okay, who did you meet this month? And we say, was it a good introduction? Was it a bad introduction? Was it something you need us to follow up on? Mm -hmm. And then they kind of go over it. So, you know, we tell people about 60% of our introductions actually turn into meetings. So it's not a bad ratio. Right. But then once you have that meeting, you got to ask for something. So yeah. do you know what to ask for? So, and if they're introverted, we get it. At the events, it's overwhelming. So we just say, okay. Let's let's only let's only try to get five people today, but make it five quality people, right. not right. ten like we normally do. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny because I was just thinking of the um, the awards that we went to. Yeah, SPLY. And um, everyone was definitely happy to be out and happy to be networking, but I also think that everyone was shy because we've been in our shell right for so long. So it was it was interesting. You could definitely tell everyone was like, I want to talk to you, but I don't know what to say. I'm a little nervous. And then I got yelled at in front of you. I felt so bad. <laughs> like, you know, the, the mask thing is such an yeah. interesting concept, you know? Oh, it is. Yeah. I'm still not used to it. Mm -mm, nope. Ash and I get in trouble all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I thought that event, and in most of these events that we're going to now, it's, it's, it's basically the people have decided that, hey, we want to be out. Yes. We want to talk. They might not shake your hand, which is okay. Mm -hmm. um, but they do want to introduce themselves. They do want to give you a business card, right. which is great. And um, and they miss that, that that connection. So just from that event alone, you know, you and I, have, we've talked a few times since. And then other people that said they're glad they went, mm -hmm. you know, they're like, I miss that portion of it. So I really hope 2021 we can get back to the regular scene. Yeah, yeah I think absolutely. So. If you ever see Steph and I out, we're huggers. <laughs> Steph, I say. <laughs> no. Rebels. Um, my question for you is, um, do you do business coaching or like, you know, personal career development? Like if someone needs some coaching, do, they, do you provide that service at all? I don't. I'll introduce them to people that I recommend because, you know, I like to stay in my lane. Mm -hmm. Same with like web development and SEO optimization. I mean, or like I'm just not – I'm really good at the three things that we do, social media, introductions, and target networking. So – I personally, I mean, I'll give them advice, and I get asked to be a mentor, which is fun, and, and I do that for the chamber, mm -hmm. their mentor-protege program. But personally, I, re I refer to business coaches because there are people that are really good business coaches. Mm -hmm. I've been in a Vistage for a long time. I asked um, – I think it was also almost about 50 CEOs when I first started my company, what's one organization I needed to join if I could afford it? And it was Vistage. And so my coach in Vistage has been a great mentor for the whole time I've had a business because when I could afford it, that was my first six months. Okay. Well, I feel the re the reason I asked that question is because whenever you're talking, it sounded like I mean that's all great advice, like mentoring and follow up skills, like that's all stuff that like people can be coached on. So I was like thinking that it went kind of hand in hand with your business. I mean, it, it does in a way, but I didn't know if that was something that you had a specific service. And students us. too. We talked to when we, when there was no pandemic, we would talk to American Marketing Association, USF, UT, yeah. and even transitioning executives to Career Source Tampa Bay. We would talk to people that were – I mean, if you've been in a job for 15 years, you guys know you talk about mm -hmm. And then you don't know how to right. network. you got you got to create a network. Right. you got to create a brand. Exactly. So do you feel like this pandemic's helped your business or hurt the business? Um, gr great question. It, initially, it hurts because no matter what in any business, marketing is the first thing to go. Right. Like it just, it just is um, because – because people think that, you know, you got to cut, cut consulting, cut contractors. We're always a contractor. But then in the other times, it has allowed me to rehire some folks at 
um, because they're available, mm-hmm. right? Logistically, they weren't available, but now they're looking for work. And then the other part of this is is that it allowed us to um, make more use of our time because we don't need everyone at every event because there aren't a lot of events. So we are able to do more introductions. And the thing is, when people, when this started, people had nowhere to travel to. Planes were shut down, right? Trade shows were canceled. Vacations were canceled. Spring break was canceled. So when we would do email introductions, sometimes we wouldn't get that response. And the client would be like, hey, we, we emailed, and they didn't respond. But people are now, were now more available because they're with, on their phones all the time. Oh, that's so it actually, we saw a huge intake, uptake in uh, business in March. So really, uptick in business, but it was more... Uh, more email or phone connection instead of like face-to-face because of, you know, what, what the shift and everything. And so we would ask clients, are you are you still happy with the service and the cost? They're like, well, yeah, you actually got me more meetings over Zoom than I could actually handle. Because right. mm-hmm. you can handle to 15 Zoom meetings a week. Right. You might be able to handle 15 coffees a week. Right, true. That's true. And I feel like people are more apt to do a, a Zoom than, it's easier for them to do a Zoom than, yeah, go in person. Right. So you can schedule those all day. Mm-hmm. Really, if they have the time, right? Because you're you're taking out the drive time. You don't. Right. You can sort of dress up. You don't really have to dress up as much, right? Yeah, on the top, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Just don't stand Shorts up. on the bottom, right? <laughs> <laughs> and as for us, as logistically, I think what's going on now is you've got Zoom fatigue. There's too many people yes. that don't want to do Zoom That's virtual true, events, you know. and so we're like, okay, cool. Well, now that you're back and get ready to go out in the real world, we're creating our own events in 2021. Good. Socially right. distance. You'll be invited. And logistically, they know there's going to be the right people in the room because we're controlling the attendee list. I love that. Yeah, and that's at, a great idea. at the end of the day, most organizations are cutting back their in-person events for the obvious reasons. Right. right. So there's an opportunity for us to do more events. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you're doing your own events. Yeah. And and we've got and it also helps the or the venues while we do it at these private Tampa Club or Center Club or wherever it is. Okay. They're not getting the bookings that they used to get. Right. Mm-hmm. right. You're supporting the community. We have to. Otherwise, I think honestly, like. You know, I look at other states right now and some of these businesses that have completely shut down, this hospitality and tourism will not survive. Right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to go there, but, uh, you know, not to get too political, but I mean, everybody is kind of slow clapping for Florida right now because we're, you know, we're staying open. We're trying to, you know, be open minded on, okay, how can we stay open? How can we keep doing business and not completely shut down. So I feel like I feel really grateful to be here. Yeah, our governor's done a great job, and he's getting accolades, as he deserves, because, you know, there's so many companies that hit that that 30 days in April, they couldn't, they would not survive if we weren't open on after single de Mayo. Right. Well, I think this is a good um, point to get into the rapid-fire questions. Sure. So try to answer these questions in a couple sentences or less. You can go over if you need to, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so my first question would be is who has been, um, like that one person that you've looked up to the most or has made the biggest impact in your life? My grandfather, he's 91. I saw him on Thanksgiving. He was the first in our, in our family to come to this country. And so literally he's the reason I'm here, but also he brought over all the siblings and there's about 300 people in, in the United States that are my relatives that are here because my grandfather came to India in the seventies. Awesome. Nice. Love that. So you've done, you've been on the board and a part of, you know, so many just leadership groups. It's, there's so many to, to really list, right? What has been the most impactful? What, what really stands out to you as far as like, hey, I'm really glad that I was on the board of this or, you know, a key member of this group. What, which one stands out or maybe two? 
Well, the Early Learning Coalition, I talked about how it impacts children and families. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone should have a, a, a access to quality education. Um, but I think another organization that I've been fortunate enough to chair is the University of Tampa Board of Counselors, which is like a much junior level board of trustees. But we raise money for student students that you know need it for college. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, I mean, the folks at the University of Tampa is a small 9,000 person school. And these majority were international students, right? It's about 120 countries. So when I took over, the president of the university, Dr. Vaughn is amazing. He's been there for 25 years, almost 26 years now. He wasn't sure if the organization was going to be viable. They had 62 members. And he said, I, I don't know if we can keep the board of counselors alive. And so I said, I'm going to get to 100. And if I don't get to 100, then you can do what you want. But in my term as chair, I'm going to get to 100. And we ended the year at 106. Nice. And we raised 55000 that year for scholarships. So – it definitely kept the organization going and still around today. So it was kind of a – and I didn't go to the University of Tampa, but my point is always the same. You've got to help your community locally, okay. and it's a local institution that I get fortunate enough to hire people from there. And, and we all have made some connections at the university that have helped us. So we need to make sure it's, it's great. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is there one thing that has happened in your life that you feel like that has made you who you are today or that has um, – you know, without that, you wouldn't be the same. Like one, like event or one, anything. I don't know. Like, I think everything happens for a reason. But for sure, losing the election. I think when you run for office, you don't expect what to do when you lose, mm -hmm. because you put all your heart and soul, you put all right. your money, you put all your time into it. And um, when I lost, it was like, okay, you can go two ways with this. You know, you could be down for a little while, which I was for sure, or you can just keep working really, really hard and focus on your goals and just. Re-energize. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from that failure? That everything happens for a reason, mm -hmm. and and you just you you should have no regrets. So, right. no regrets. M a lot of people said, "Hey, you know what? You're running in 2018. Why not run in 2020? Right. Because it's an election year, and there's more people voting." And then I was like, "No, I want to run what I want to run. I got to worry about me." Right. And so I chose 18. And then look at what happened in 2020. I would not want to run during 2020 <laughs> right. during a pandemic. Right. So, right. Um, so I learned that you just got to stick with what your gut tells you. Mm -hmm. And they say that in politics. It's timing and all these logistical things. And I raised the money. I got the endorsements. I just didn't get the votes. I mean, that that's huge in and of itself, right? Raising the money and just going door to door and letting everyone know you're there. I mean, if anything, it helps, you know, it helps elevate, right? It helps gain oh hey i know that guy he was running for office oh he owned he created this business and it just kind of helps that buzz that social media yeah it definitely helps your brand a lot no? for sure and awareness for sure um so you know you you've been on so many boards and and you know the the hillsborough county or just different county boards and the schools and everything so if someone wants to maybe get on those boards right or be a part of their their community by local government or whatever the case is, do you recommend like a certain way to go about that or a certain path? Yes. I would say reach out to the chairman of the board, chairman or chairman or chairwoman, whoever that is, <laughs> and set up a meeting or the executive director of the organization. If it's a political appointment like the mayor or the county commissioner or the governor, then there's a whole other process. But you can research it's all public record. You can re you can actually call the appointments office in each each, each uh, organization and ask for the staff person in charge who administers the applications. I actually did that today for the governor's office because I my 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 term is expiring, so I actually called appointments and said, "Hey, you know, can you just check the status of my application?" Because they process the application, so they know everyone who's applied mm -hmm. and they know which vacancies are there. 
and then they can tell you about when the board meets, what the requirements are, um, or what their purpose is, and they can put you uh, in touch with ways to get the recent minutes and the agendas, and do that before you apply, because if you don't know what you're getting into, it's not worth your time. Right. Yeah. Because these aren't paid boards. These are all voluntary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's great advice. Absolutely. Um, What is the last gift that you gave someone? Ooh, good question. I think um, it was Diwali recently, so I gave my uh, uh, friends some sweets. Diwali is the Indian New Year, mm-hmm. and the tradition is Indian sweets. So, like, like not like chocolate, but it's like very sweet. So, I, I mailed it to a friend of mine in oh. Jacksonville in early November. Where do you nice. where do you get Indian sweets around here? Around here, there's a lot of Indian stores on your USF. It's oh. not relation, but there's one called Patel Brothers. <laughs> so that's a good one because <laughs> it's really good to me. But um, but I can I can get you some uh, names for sure. I'm just wondering, you know, it's always good to get yeah, be Culture. diverse and mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I agree. Do you have one last question, Ash? I, I don't. I I think I said all like my burning ones that okay. I like had to ask. Anything yeah. that we didn't ask that we should have? Great. No, I think I think what. What this pandemic has done with you guys, we talked about it before the show, it's like allowed me and our team to write more. So one thing that's pretty funny, the Tampa Bay Times, they never used to publish two op-eds of someone in the same year because there's so many app people do it that did that. As soon as the pandemic hit, one of the things that bothered me, and I don't know if it bothered you guys, but everyone was blaming millennials for the spread of the pandemic. And I'm like, we're millennials. <laughs> we're not doing everything. We're nurses. We're teachers. We're parents. Right. We're hardworking. Right. And so I wrote an op-ed, and I pushed it out there, on, and the Times picked it up. And, awesome. And it went national. And so what I would right. say to people, like it wasn't my goal, mm-hmm. is if you're thinking about a topic and you want to get your message out, you don't need a PR firm. You don't need Elevate. You don't need, you know, a lot of followers. Submit it to your local publication. And if it's controversial enough or if it's something that's timely, they'll push it out. And trust me, you will get haters and you'll get followers. Mm-hmm. And for me, I got emails from millennials that are all over like, thank you for sending up from our generation. I'm like, no, we have to because yeah. who else will? Right. right. I love that that you said that too is like no matter what, you're going to have haters and followers like – there's there's nothing that's a hundred percent support like all in you know you're gonna have both sides of it and it just kind of goes along with with you know the world and and what just happens and it's natural I feel like so I love that you made that point you're gonna have haters no matter what and you're gonna have followers so just do what you're passionate about and do what you feel is right mm-hmm. it's like business too you guys I mean you guys started this business and took a chance mm-hmm. and it's been successful and, you, and I mean you were just finalists for a huge award. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is like, you don't know till you try. And I, I bet you have, I'm sure originally it was tough, but you did it. And I'm sure you have no regrets, right? Yeah, so. no regrets. Yeah. We're having fun doing it too. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> and there's going to be more chapters, I'm sure, all over Florida, right? Uh, of next spot? Yeah. Eh, maybe. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe down the road. Well, don't forget Tampa. Yeah. My whole point is don't forget Tampa when you go next. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you started here. You live here. Of course. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much, Akash, for joining us yeah. today. Appreciate your time. So great I feel like I could just sit here and like talk to you. I think you're brave. Um, yeah. Yes. You have Anytime. a lot of great information, and I look forward to your events next year. Yes, I'm yes. Excited. And um, thank you so much for the Tampa Bay Way for having us here, and to Next Path Career Partners for all your support. And until next time, live bold and boss up. This is a Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida Quick Fix on Radio Influence. I'm going to try really hard not to laugh because every time I'm around my guest today, she just 
She makes me so happy and just laugh. It's fun. Lori, live in life. Well, the last event that you and I were at, you actually invited me. It was at Coppertail oh, Brewery yeah. in Tampa. So yeah. That was great. That I was. We got to try all their new food. Those boiled peanuts were fire. Yes, they were. <laughs> so good. And the chicken wings and the flatbread and all that. And of course, the beer. Their beers are always great. <laughs> I mean, I thought that's given. <laughs> but yeah, everything yeah. was really, really good. I was surprised. Yeah. I think we're we're lucky in this whole area to have so many breweries. And- oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. St. Pete has a good amount, too. Sarasota's actually got a good amount mm-hmm. as well. Not as much as I would say Tampa, but we're getting there. So I need to come and visit, especially like Big Top. Yep. I was going to say, you need to come visit Big Top because my girl is the marketing director there. And I'm going to do a shameless plug. Nikki Drinks Craft. Follow her if you like beer content and food. Um, yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, she uh, is the marketing director for Big Top. And it's one of my favorite breweries. They have amazing beer and they always launch some really cool ones. They just mm-hmm. did one that was, I wanna, I'm probably going to mess it up, Peppermint Mocha White Stout. Oh, wow. It was phenomenal. But here's the problem. I didn't know it was 8%. <laughs> Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.